This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to, to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name. My name. Is, <laughs> does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. Braxton, <laughs> you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Hmm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. Logan Hanks is a farmer out of West Tennessee, about 45 minutes north of Memphis. You could call him quasi-famous. He killed this buck called the Cryptorchid buck, I believe. A crazy buck that had some crazy antler development, monstrous bases, constantly in velvet, never shed its velvet because of the testosterone uh, imbalance that didn't allow the buck to shed its antlers. That's not what this conversation's about. Logan, at his heart, has some very good, deep thoughts about why he hunts and why he loves the pursuit of hunting. And I wanted to dig in a little bit about that. So enjoy. All right. So let me ask you a question. When you hear someone say, and they're a hunter, I love to kill. Do you believe them? Oh, man. I don't know. It's a weird thing to say. Um, 
like me and you t- kind of discussed, um, I've killed, I've been hunting for, shoot, 20, a little over 20 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think I would ever say that I love killing animals. Uh, every deer that I've killed, there's always a weight that comes with it. Mm-hmm. Um, like I remember the very first deer that I killed, it was a young six point buck, typical, you know, my, when I started, there was no standard. It's like, man, you know, that's right. You get a chance to shoot a deer. Sure, and sure. So I, I killed this buck and I can remember, I, I got out there to the deer. My dad was with me and, uh, I was with the buck and he was going to go get the truck. And so it was just me there and I'm with the deer. And then, you know, like I can remember, like I kind of like petted this deer, like, cause it's the first time I've ever even touched a deer. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a sadness, man. Like I, so I can't imagine. I love deer hunting, but I could not say I love killing deer. Mm. Um, just one to me, it's kind of a little sadistic if I were to say I love killing. Mm-hmm. You know, I I love the hunt. I love the challenge, and that aspect of things but there's always remorse mm-hmm. even when i killed a coyote i mean i've killed no telling how many coyotes right i still don't i wouldn't say i love killing these things you mm-hmm. know what i mean it's kind of it's a odd thing to say to me sure 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 and it's, and and not to characterize you in any way um but that's something that i would say most people rural southeastern Americans probably don't have that type of ideology uh, in terms of what you just described. Um, I I would say that for the most part, a lot of them are raised. Look, I wasn't raised it, so I'm making an assumption here. So correct me here if I'm wrong. If the people that lived around you that you grew up with, kind of deal. Yeah. Um, was there was there a respect of wildlife invested in the high school cadre of boys that you ran with? Mm, no, no. I would say probably not. It's, uh, well, you know, like if you was going to be, oh, man, that's like trying to think there. It's really, and I got caught up in this myself. I've had this conversation with several people of um, I've killed some nice deer, and it becomes a thing where you become obsessed with uh, the antlers, Yep. And the inches, and yep. you almost forget necessarily even about the animal as much as it is about the antlers. Yep. And uh, that, I kind of had an awakening. It was after after I killed that cryptorchid buck that mm-hmm. I was like, what do I do now? Like, you know, I mean, like, sure, how sure. do I one-up this buck? Like, right, exactly. And uh, so I kind of got, I would say it kind of damaged me for just a little bit before I I actually took my son deer hunting with me, and I killed a nice buck. He was no monster, but that buck meant more to me than even the cryptorchid buck did because my son was with me. They got to see the process, and he probably won't remember it. He was like two at the time, right? but it meant a lot to me. And so that kind of brought me back to the reality of it. From a young age, man, I don't around here it's kind of like you hunt because we just hunt and that's what people do around here mm-hmm. you know i I wouldn't say i was necessarily raised from like an aspect of like 
like I couldn't say I was raised with the idea of we kill this deer because we're helping further conservation. Mm-hmm. Because actually growing up around here, a lot of guys won't shoot does. Right. But that's a, a legacy. That's it, a legacy of the old timers like your dad not being not seeing any deer for so long right yep. and so when they saw a deer they're like we're not going to take a doe out yeah because that's the that's the reproductive engine yep. of the deer population yeah so give a give an introduction to where we are and and who you are man we are in god's country man we're in a <laughs> <laughs> we are in West Tennessee, actually Munford. Nobody knows where that is. I always say it's about 20 miles out of Memphis. Mm-hmm. That's how I describe it. Um, very rural town, but as we saw, you know, it's growing a lot faster than I want it to. But a um, rural Tennessean town. Yep. Mm-hmm. Small town and families close. You know, I was telling you, my, my parents, my wife's parents, they're all within about 10 minutes of here. Um, I grew up farming that's what i've always always known i left i needed to spread my wings and i left and went and became a machinist for a couple of years and i uh, hated it um it's a great job but i gotta be outside i can't I, I just can't cut it inside right so i came back to the farm started my own operation helped my dad kind of in conjunction and so farm and man that's uh through i guess with you i I actually got into the podcast realm and sure that's how it opened up the door for me and you to meet absolutely well you haven't even told anyone your name oh yeah i guess that would be good (laughs) i guess that would be good uh my name is logan hanks by the way and you run a great podcast called the living fully loaded podcast everyone check it out and very distant cousin to tom hanks Your your accents are just about the same. Yeah. So getting back to that whole, the way that I started the podcast, and I started it purposely that way because there is a perception, and let me, and I'll throw two perceptions out there actually. One, there's a perception that we as hunters are are in it just to kill. Yeah. Okay, so let's address that. I think what you stated earlier was phenomenal. Um, and let me let me pose a scenario to you. And let me see if you would say, yes, Robbie, that's common. I've done it. Or you're crazy, Robbie. You're not really a hunter. Yeah. Okay. So I've had multiple occasions where I've gone deer hunting. And maybe this is just tied to whitetail deer. It may not apply to an elk or antelope or whatnot. Because for that, you're specifically going, you've got one tag versus us having six tags for deer, right? Yeah. That you're sitting in your box blind. You're sitting in a tree stand. You're cold. You know, you're like, you're thinking about dinner. It's getting to that 4.45-ish, you know, sunsets here, 5.30-ish, right? Um, You're like 40 minutes left. You know it's the prime time for a buck to come in. But you're also just like, okay, I've been sitting here for three hours already. (laughs) Um, And you're also doe hunting. And a doe steps out. 10 minutes to go, 15 minutes to go to last shooting light. You raise your rifle, scope her in. And you don't pull the trigger. Is that common? Is that, Robbie, you're not truly a hunter because you just decided never, don't pull that trigger? Because I'm not pulling the trigger because I know if I do, i got a shit ton of work to do. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I mean, I'd, I've done that. I have just now really been getting to go this season because we finished up harvest. And I've already done that multiple times. Every time I've gone hunting, I've actually seen those. 
and I may sound like I'm coming from a privileged place and people would be like, man, it must be nice. And I mean, it is, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm a farmer. I have that option. I'm around, I've got a lot of places to hunt, but it, it is, uh, because one, I don't take it lightly. Um, there's tons of does. I still, even knowing it's good for conservation, it's still like, you know, when I shoot a doe, it's the, the female, oh, it kind of, it's, it kind of stings even a little worse for me than a buck. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, uh, I have had lots of times where, unless it, I guess the time when I would be more prone to pulling that trigger is when it's getting later in the season, if I haven't killed anything. Yeah. And I know at that point, like, man, if I want to put any meat in the freezer, I've got to do this. Yeah. But like right now, it's still early in the season. We have a long season in Tennessee. I'm going to let a bunch of those walk. So that would go. So let me ask this. Let me dig a little bit because I, w- I really want to understand and I think the audience would like to understand the sort of the theology behind why you don't pull the trigger. That's what you're doing. You're going out there, you're, you're hunting, yeah. and the thing that you're after steps out, and you don't kill it. <laughs> yeah. It's a weird uh, dichotomy for somebody that's not, like you said, that is maybe new to it. Or um, For me, and we kind of touched on this earlier, there's a term that I actually don't think is a bad term that's gotten a bad rap and it's a trophy hunter. And I'm, I am a trophy hunter. Like I say that somebody's cringing hearing me even say, how would you, what do you define? How do you define trophy hunting? To me, a trophy hunter, and obviously trophies are going to vary for me. A trophy hunter is targeting mature, be it. I haven't got to go elk hunting yet. Told you I'm hoping to go this coming year. Mm Mm-hmm. For my first one, I'm probably going to go after just about any elk I can. Once I've done that. legal elk. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Legal, definitely, (laughs) for sure. Um, Legally and ethically, that's my two factors always. But after I've done that a few, then I would even shift to a mature uh, elk. My trophy would be a mature buck. I've, part of hunting to me is, man, I mean, we raise cattle. I have beef. I always have meat. Like, it ain't just about meat to me, but mm-hmm. it is about meat. Like, the cryptorchid buck, that is a, that's been the buck of a lifetime for me. Mm-hmm. And I killed that buck, and his, he's on my wall. I just showed you to it, like, showed mm-hmm. you. He's, he's on my wall. When I see that, the memories come back of that day. It was raining. I, I remember it like it was yesterday when I shot that deer. Right. Uh, we've eaten his back straps. We've we've eaten the ground. Well, there's more deer meat. I I all I never have run out of meat because I try to always keep a supply. I don't want to ever be in a position where I don't. So a trophy hunter to me, it's gotten to this thing where people think like, oh, this trophy hunter he shoots it and just saws off the antlers and goes on. Mm. Man, that deer is a trophy to me, and. Eating the meat is more, that's even like the icing on the cake of the trophy. Let me ask you, uh, I don't think anyone's actually asked this question ever on any podcast now. That's, that's, Uh-oh, this is, I'm scared. This, it could be <laughs> controversial. Uh, well, let's go I, for it. But I could be right. C- can you be a trophy hunter for does? I think so. I mean, you can target mature does. That's, 100%. There's a... Uh, and I would actually say, 
I'm if I'm no, I'm gonna shoot a doe. I'm looking for the doe that looks like the bigger, older doe. Because I've I've seen okay quite a few times, man. Does would come out and I mean it's nothing. They look young, yeah, right? They you look tell. young. Can you like body skinny? And, and you don't pull the trigger. You pull the rifle up. You put the scope on it. You're yep. like, oh, that looks like a young doe. Yep. Oh, it is. I have killed a. I've killed a lot of deer in my life, and this is how I could say I don't love killing. I've killed a lot of deer, and I've killed some young does. Like maybe not fully realizing that they were necessarily that young Mm -hmm. and man it hurt my feelings Mm -hmm. (laughs) when i got over there it really hurt my feelings so i would say yeah man i mean there's if i'm shooting a doe i'm definitely going after a mature doe Mm -hmm. no it's it's funny because to me when i define trophy hunting so i've got this thing that i'm going to work on and i alluded to it a little bit uh, a couple of months ago we get a lot of interactions that say i am a hunter but yeah i am a hunter but i hate trophy hunting and i'm like okay so and i really like to tease it apart when someone takes a position i'm like great completely get your position but i want to understand your position yeah okay yeah so you hate trophy hunting is your position okay so when you go hunting you kill the first thing that steps into that field right yeah (laughs) they say no huh why why didn't you kill that first thing that stepped in the field? Oh, because it was a young doe. So what are you targeting then? So what are you targeting? Oh, I'm targeting a mature doe. Okay, so what, what you've just told me is that you're selectively taking an animal. Yeah. You're choosing a value. You're putting a value. You're putting some sort of cultural value on an animal that has a greater value than another. Yeah. Sounds like a bloody trophy hunter to me. Yep. No, I, I'm I'm with you, man, and that's something. I don't care who it is. If you took a, if you, because I've seen the things where guys are like, I've tried and tried, and I can't eat the horns. I can't find a way to cook the horns. <laughs> drives me crazy <laughs> when people do that. One, it ain't horns, and uh, but it, it's like correct. It drives me nuts when I see that. I'm like, then just kill a doe. If that's the way you're gonna be, kill a doe. But, um. If you took, you could take any of those people, if you put them in a stand, gave them a rifle, and you had a 170-inch 12-point whitetail walk out, and right behind it, you had a 4.70, like a one-and-a-half-year-old four-point, I promise that Correct. everyone is going to shoot the monster buck over that other one. Or, or even add one more, add a mature doe in the mix. You have three animals in front of you. Yeah. Which one are you taking? I if a guy if somebody didn't shoot that buck, they would be like the they would be just I'm I don't even think I I don't think you could find a person that would Do pass. you think someone would pass that just because they're trying to prove a point that they're quote unquote not a true like why would you? Maybe, but they've got some deeper rooted issues if that's the case. Like they're to me that would be I don't know. That's some serious level white knighting, as they would say, I guess, on, mm-hmm. on something like that. Mm-hmm. And and it just, I don't know, man. It, it, the trophy hunting aspect has always frustrated me because just because, and, all right, from a killing standpoint, I kill significantly less deer than a guy who would strictly be probably saying, like, I'm just killing them for the meat because 
a lot of times when I go, I've got the fortune of having several places to go, being that I farm, and um, I'll, I'll, I don't want to mess up an area. If I'm targeting a buck, man, I, I've hunted deer for years. It took me three years to kill certain bucks. I will try to cause as little pressure in that area. So I ain't shooting anything in there unless I just absolutely have to. Did you see the research about um, uh, pressured uh, deer movements based on stand time usage? I don't know, but I bet it was significant. On So what happened was they did a bunch of research because it was tied to collared bucks. Yeah. And the time spent in one stand and how long it took for that stand to quote-unquote recover normal behavioral patterns of the deer around that. Yeah. It's like five days. Really? Mm-hmm. That was for one sit? One sit. Right. So you imagine having one blind that you go and sit every afternoon in. That was... Uh kind of a turning point for me with the Cryptorchid. I keep alluding to that buck, but um, I've been hunting him for three years. I missed him the previous year. Uh, like I told you at lunch, you know, all of us that had a chance at him were just pissing our pants whenever it came time to shoot him. And uh, so fast forward to the next year, I was running cameras. This is in Arizona, Tennessee. I can run cameras. <laughs> and so... Um, I Dang, was... <laughs> dude. All the all the haters in Arizona are going to be like, see? See, Blood Origins? <laughs> yeah. um, so I was running cameras, and I didn't get the, the Cryptorchid on camera for, man, like all summer he disappeared. And I was like, you know, you know he had then gone off and died. Uh, he's gone. Well, I started getting him on camera again at about 12 o'clock to 1 o'clock in the morning. And... I went and sat in the stand for just a little few times, and I was still getting him at night. The other guy was hunting the hell out of him, like, and he some of. I mean, it was it was a ton of pressure on this buck. So I was only getting him at nighttime. I had another buck, uh, that buck on camera, mm-hmm. on a different farm, and he was out in the daytime. So I was like, all right, this buck ain't coming out in the daytime. I'm just gonna leave him alone. I'm gonna go hunt this other buck. Went and hunted him. I killed him and didn't go back to that other farm for a month. I mean, our season starts, we have a very long season in Tennessee. It ends January, like 31st. the first week of January. It's about the first week or okay, so. Okay, okay, okay. Um, Mississippi goes through 31st of January. Really? Yeah, okay, and, well, and down south where I am goes through February 15th. Well, and I don't feel so bad then. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was right after Christmas. I told my wife, I said, I'm going to go just check those cameras. I had not checked them and probably it had been a while on this farm so i'm just gonna go check them for the hell of it i hadn't been back out there for probably a solid month and i get out there and he's out right at last light it's like 5 30 and i told her i said man i think i can kill this buck and i went the next day it was raining crappy weather i was sitting in the stand texted my wife and i said i am i am an idiot for being out here there's nothing out here and it wasn't hardly 15 minutes. I saw some does come over this ridge to my right, and here he comes with them. And I shot him and killed him. And, like, I that made me a firm believer because <clears throat> I've got young kids. I have twins that are three. Before I had kids, man, I would hunt every single day. Mm-hmm. I would hammer it. Now that I had kids, I'm trying, you know, I want to be a good husband, good sure, dad. Sure. So I'm trying to balance my time. And so now I've picked and choosed my times better. And that has, like, cemented that to me 
it, if you don't blow a deer out going in there, it don't mean that they don't know you're there. Mm-hmm. Like I have become a hardcore believer in the, in pressure as little as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we talked about this idea that, you know, hunting's just about killing. And I think we've pretty much debunked that. I think that there is a perception in the non-hunting community that it's all about killing. Um, and I think there's there's plenty of data out there that really shows that it's it's really not. Yeah. Because, again, let's, let's use you as an example. We're not, you know, we're not too crazy into this season in terms of time length. You just finished harvesting. You haven't been hunting. So let's go back to last season. How many deer did you kill last year? I killed two does and a buck. So okay, three, three deer. Three deer. How many times did you go hunting? Oh, man. A bunch. I went a What's bunch. What's a bunch? Uh, dozen, two dozen, 30 days? Probably, I would go at least morning or afternoon, probably 30 days or 40 days. Okay, so 30 days and then afternoon sit pretty much? Yeah. Not all day sits? No, no. You've done all day sit down here. I've done a couple and they're boring as hell. Okay. <laughs> so 30 days, um, afternoon, 30. So you're probably looking at 100 hours? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I'm 105 hours? Yeah. <laughs> 105 hours for three deer. Yeah. Passed on probably, oh man. If How I'd, many deer do you think you saw? Uh... Well, the farm, the farm that I was on the other day, I saw 18 deer. I was watching 18 deer, and I didn't shoot any of them. Do you think it's a 10 to 1 ratio in terms Prob- of seeing yeah, to probably. killing? Yeah. I mean, at least. Because I'll see. Now, again, I'm sure I'm seeing some of the re- repeat does. Sure. But I'm seeing deer pretty much every time I go. And, yeah, I mean, I killed three deer. Yeah. Well, and what I'm trying to get at here is that there's two statistics here that – I think that the hunting community has failed to capitalize on. The first one is the number of deer seen to the number of deer killed. Yeah. And I think that that ratio is 10 to 1. I think it's even much higher in certain places. I remember being on a farm in the delta of Mississippi that I got so pissed off. The biologists had had said to them that they are under a doe moratorium. Yeah. And I was in the wildlife fisheries department at this time. And I was like, okay. That sucks. I came to shoot those. So, okay. Yeah. You know, and, and the bucks there, you're only allowed to kill a four and a half year old tank, right? And if you kill a three and a half year old, you're never going to get an invitation back kind of place. How do they, now, how do you age one that well on the hoof? You don't. You just got to be absolutely certain that it's like five and a half plus. Yeah. That's hard. That's the only way, right? There's, yeah. There's tons of three and a half year olds <laughs> running around and zero four and a half year olds. Yeah. Because you're, you're just like... Uh, I don't know. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not willing to take the risk. Yeah. Okay. I did, th- I had three sits in that place. I saw 156 deer. Woo, man. Yeah. And three sits. The buck to doe ratio was seven to one. And seven I was like, bucks to one doe. and I was like, what is this biologist doing? Yeah. There, there should be not a doe moratorium, but like a, you all need to shoot 10 does. Yeah. Anyway, I say that to say that I didn't kill anything. Yeah. And I saw 156 deer. And so... So you don't love killing is what you're saying. No, what I'm saying is, yes, I don't enjoy <laughs> killing. But there is a statistic in, that I wish we would capture that would articulate that hunting is not all about killing. Yeah. Because 
just using you as a, as an example, three deer to maybe seeing 40 to 50 deer, those two numbers don't jive with the idea that I enjoy killing. Yeah. And if it doesn't, then there must be something else. Okay? Yeah. Whatever it is for you. Spirituality, getting away from family, getting into the outdoors, being in the outdoors, thinking, lots yeah. and lots and lots of things, right? Yeah. The other statistic is the filling of a tag. And the National Deer Association has some phenomenal statistics about not filling tags. And that the whitetail deer hunter, on average, in terms of all the tags being purchased for whitetail deer across the United States, it sits in the 46% range. So only 46% of people are actually filling their tags. Yeah. Again, what's the reason for that? I got lambasted online by hunters saying, well, that statistic shows that we're pretty crappy hunters. <laughs> I'm like, you could take it that way. But honestly, it's more to the to the fact that, one, we buy tags yeah. that we may not ever go and fill because we get busy. We get you know business yeah. and family and whatnot. And two to the statistic you just said, we see a bunch of deer, but we just don't want to take them or yeah. they're not the right deer. Yeah. If you go to Canada, that number drops to like 38%. And then for a Canadian to take a second deer, it's less than 1%. Dang, man, really? Yeah. Well, you know, that's why I, that, that actually kind of goes even hand in hand with why I've never quite, which and I don't know why I try to understand the PETA stuff, but they they come after, they always want to target trophy hunters. Yep. And... uh which they have a skewed view because they're they're uh, like if I when I say I'm a trophy hunter, they're taking that to mean that I'm going in there shooting it, cutting off antlers and bailing out. Right. And I don't know whose failure that is, on whose part to why that has become the idea of trophy hunting. Because I'm a trophy hunter, but I also eat the meat. I love the meat, and um, so. That that's always got me because if they want to come after us, the trophy hunters probably do the least amount of killing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like you know, uh, like you said, going through that because I know guys around and are, are probably the best individuals for sustaining the population. Yeah, because we're taking the we're allowing one. You're allowing the younger to continue mm -hmm. to breed and mm -hmm. carry out, and you're targeting just the mature. Like it, you're you're if you go by like the national deer association you know you're going you're continuing that quality deer cycle right and uh going after the the older bucks and and the mature does but um we do the least amount of killing because i know some guys i do know some guys around here that they were like i am only a meat eater and <laughs> they'll kill 10 or 12 deer a year and when i hear that i'm just like damn i don't want to kill that many deer in a year like i if I was solely in it to kill, didn't care about the antlers, was like, man, I love hunting. I could kill, I could kill probably thirty deer in a year, and I would be so tired of skinning and <laughs> these mm -hmm. deer gutting them, and I don't know what the hell I'd do with all that much meat. Mm -hmm. But um, it's a crazy paradigm that you just put out that Peter should be for trophy hunting. Yeah, really. I mean, in all reality, because that's. Those guys are killing. I mean, I eat tag soup every year, just about. Mm -hmm. It's not every year I kill a, a buck. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll kill. I'll try to kill a couple does just to make sure I have meat. Right. 
But there was, man, a lot of years, years where I would eat tag soup. No, no hmm. bucks. Like I don't, I've got buddies that go into it expecting to kill a buck every year. Mm-hmm. Man, I got to kill a buck every year. I go into it like it's probably unlikely that I'm going to get a buck this year. Yeah. Yeah. The other question I had, which is another perception issue that I wanted, obviously you can speak to the best, is this idea of sort of the southeast redneck. The southeast redneck and hunting. Yeah. Is it, and I think that's why I was asking the question the way that I asked it before, in terms of the cadre, the, the sort of the people, the, the boys and guys that you're running with in high school. And I don't know, how, was it, and I asked about respect, because there's, again, a, there's a connotation here that a southeast redneck doesn't really care. Yeah. Ah, oh, man. I, I, I could tell you people that they don't care. Right. I mean, I could tell you, like, there's people that do not care. They, uh, they're solely... Like, they could shoot a deer and lose a deer and not think twice about it. Right. And, and spotlight uh, a deer. Yeah, spotlight a deer, uh, bait a deer. If it's, I mean, we can't bait out here. Um, so bait a deer and not think anything about it. And I can't operate that way. I've wounded deer. Anybody that hunts long enough, you're going to wound an animal. Mm-hmm. And it it just, man, it kills me. Um so I, I would say from respect, there is, but there was some movie Netflix made. Man, what was that movie? It had Josh Brolin in it. Uh, it was about a white-tailed, do you know the one I'm talking about? It was like The Adventures of a White-Tailed Hunter or oh, something. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And Josh Brolin plays like the dad that's like a deer hunter, and he's like a bum. It was super rednecky, It right? was super, he's like a bumbling dumbass, uh, and that's like what they're portraying him yeah, as. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I'm all right to cuss on here. Sorry. Sure. Okay. Um, my mom will be mad if she listens to it on me cussing on here. Uh, but uh, <laughs> anyways, the the guy is, he's just a, a moron. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, they shoot stuff. Any of the cartoons you see, uh, the hunter is always this stupid, like, like you say, a redneck. Mm-hmm. And there are guys out here, like I say, I, I could tell you some people that, they don't think anything about an animal. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe they have a touch of sadistic side to them, but most of the guys that I know, they if they bow hunt, they shoot a lot because they want to be good. They want to make a good shot. They don't want to wound an animal. Um, most of them that rifle hunt, every year they check their rifles. Mm-hmm. They're making sure their rifles are sighted in. Mm-hmm. Most of them are trying to be as respectful to the animal as humanly possible. So I think that's why it always kind of gets a little bit of a burr under my skin whenever I see the guy portrayed as like this dumb Well, it's almost it goes hand in hand, right? The hunter is, this perception hunting is all about killing. And unfortunately, like right underneath it, if you had to sort of whiteboard out perceptions of hunting. It's a dumb redneck. The dumb redneck is right there too, right? Yeah. I don't know where that came from. Um, I don't know if that came from like Disney movies, like the Bambies we'll or whatever. probably have to title this podcast Dumb Redneck. Yeah, Dumb Redneck. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
people can if somebody doesn't like what I'm saying, you can find me and call me a well, dumb it's, redneck. It's the accent, it's the place where you're from. Yeah. But the way that we started this podcast, people were like, Holy shit, this farmer actually has some some deep <laughs> thoughts to But that's Well and, and I think man very few people that I know and maybe it's the the circle that I've cultivated. Right. Because I'm I I pride myself in not hanging out with a bunch of dumbasses, if mm-hmm. you ask me that. And uh, they all want to, I mean, and they take pride. Like, for me, deer hunting is a year-round endeavor. Right. When the season ends, man, I'm I'm scouting. I'm running cameras. I'm always paying attention. I'm like, where where is going to be my target next year? Yeah. And uh, the guys that just go out and are shooting stuff, they ain't doing that. I mean, mm-hmm. there are guys that are going to go and they'll get a stand and they'll just go throw it up on a tree, hop up in the tree and shoot whatever comes out. Mm-hmm. But most of them that I know, man, they, they live and breathe it. And they, they're, they're in it. They are very knowledgeable. They might be a redneck when it comes to something else, but when it comes to hunting, they're freaking solid, man. You know, they, they live and breathe that stuff. They take it. They take it way more seriously than the guy at PETA does. Mm-hmm. That deer means way more to them. They might make fun of the dumb redneck, but that dumb redneck is, man, he's thinking about that deer all the time. So let me let me pose a question or a thought to you. It seems like, for some reason, the the two perceptions we've talked about today, that killing, hunting is all about killing, and hunting is tied to being, you know, dumb redneck that just yeah. loves to, you know, do all sorts of illegal stuff. Yeah. Those are almost, those perceptions that are umbrella perceptions over the hunting industry are almost bad apple perceptions. Would you agree? Yeah. They're, the, they're targeting, they're pulling out the bad apples within our community. Yeah. Well, there's a, I'll tell you a reason, one of the reasons I think for that. Uh, there's a guy, I can't even remember his name, and I wouldn't even say it if I could because I don't want to give him any extra clout. Mm. But uh, he kind of came up, he blew up in the turkey hunting world because he's known for poaching. And that's actually his whole like spiel online is he poaches turkeys, like hundreds of turkeys. He'll have like a wall of all the turkey spurs and stuff. And it's like, he's got some little catchphrase. And again, I'm not going to give any sort of inclination to who I'm talking about because I don't want the guy to gain sure, any sure, following. Sure. But he he kind of grew a little following. And uh, some people in my area, they, they love this guy. Turkey hunting, I almost have a love-hate for turkey hunting because that's when it seems like it brings the worst people out. Right. Like, you know, with deer hunting... You're not just going to shoot a buck and chunk it on your shoulders and cam hanes it out of the woods there. With a turkey, you know, you can you can mm-hmm. sling a turkey and run. And um, that guy, I saw... I can't believe that kind of individual gets away with it today in the technology and law enforcement world that we live in today. Yeah, I don't know how he does. Uh, he ain't hunting my property because I'll try to get him. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but that's his whole thing. And he, like, I mean, he really was taken off. And I saw he was invited to one of them big like outfitter whitetail places like they were like they invited him there and he was he was with some like 
relatively big names in the outdoor industry and like kind of had created a name and i'm like man this guy's whole thing is that he's a poacher like he's known for this and you're glorifying this guy and so then those people that are like i mean there's some people that have no respect for anybody else so like they don't care if they poach which and that's where i've ruffled people's feathers especially during turkey season because i said if you have to cross your neighbor's property line to kill a turkey then you just ain't that good of a hunter Mm -hmm. and they all took it i had a group of guys and it was the ones that it made mad are the ones that i pretty much expected it would make mad the they were fired up about it and they were like so you just call them over every time and kill them and i'm like no you just go home empty-handed sometimes right being a hunter doesn't mean that you kill something every time you go 100 percent hundred percent i just i just you know i think maybe the biggest struggle that we face with that i'm faced with while blood origins community is faced with is this idea that the bad apple is the perception of the entire um community you don't see that in any other community right yeah you have athletics that the people that take steroids right yeah. But you don't see that as a perception of all athletes take steroids. No, no. Um, any industry, like, you know, I don't know what in you know, perception would come with farming, but any industry have their bad apples. Oh, yeah, farming. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and there's not an umbrella perception put over the entire industry, but it is true for hunting. Yeah. And maybe it's got to do with the fact that we are killing an animal. Yeah. That, you know, brings out, that requires the utmost respect. That if any an, a, any deviation from the utmost respect causes that perception change to occur. Yeah. Uh, I think so. I mean, it's a, I mean, a, and you can look at the weirdness of the time. I mean, in today's day, uh, the animal has more value on its life to me than even, like, I mean, a human. Mm. You see that today. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I'll see. It never fails, and I'm not, I don't say this to, like, get on a political kick here, but it never fails to me. The person that's going to blast, when I killed that cryptorchid, it went pretty viral. And I got death threats. I had people threatening me. I had somebody saying that they wanted to see me and my kid's head on a wall crazy and one that goes with joe rogan what he said one time about people would never say these things to your face right um this guy would never do that i'm not saying i'm a billy billy badass by any (laughs) means but you would never say that to a person in, in reality but um i don't know man it's just it just all baffles me i kind of i even got myself sidetracked on that um with where i was going with that but the the culture here, that's what it was. Um, several of the ones that would say these death threats to me because I killed an animal. They'd be like, you should have left that majestic animal alone mm-hmm. and let it die. They thought it was going to frolic off into the daisies, lay mm-hmm. down, go to sleep, and have a peaceful death. Uh, the coyotes aren't a factor, even though they're everywhere right. out here. Um, they got so mad about that. And I could go to their profile page and just kind of creep on them. Never failed. They'd be very pro-abortion and all this. And I'm like, okay, so you're going to come at me for killing a deer, but you're okay with 
killing a baby. Yeah. Like I said, I'm not trying to get political, but it was right, something right. I always thought was an interesting, like, I don't know if that's an oxymoron, but it was always right. kind of unique to me to see that <laughs> that spectrum. I could almost always bet on that. You're right. You know, it's, again, comes back to the the idea of someone has a belief and it's rooted in something. And even in hunting, right, the whole, like, again, we don't want to run down this rabbit hole, but public versus private, high fence versus low fence, bow versus rifle, rifle caliber versus rifle caliber. Yeah. And you, they, someone says, t- takes a position. You're like, okay, like, like high fence. I hate high fence hunters. I'm like, okay, um, what if, it, what if the high fence was ten thousand acres? Oh, that's okay. Hmm. Okay. So, what about five thousand acres? Oh, I think that'll be okay. Thousand acres? Hmm. Yes. 800 acres. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so why? What What? what makes, what's yeah. the difference changer right there, right? Yeah. It's really pushing the button and pushing the envelope of, again, the idea behind Blood Origins is to make you think. Yeah. Like, why do you think that way? Like, a rifle hunter against a bow hunter to say you're less less ethical, and ethical's wrong there, less lethal. Yeah. Tied to the harming of animals. Well, have you looked at the data? Yeah. The data shows that rifle and bow hunting are equally as lethal. Yeah. When done correctly. Okay. Yeah. Crickets. You know kind of deal. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, I'll, and I'll say I got to give you credence here. You know, I, when I had you on Living Fully Loaded, yeah, we talked about the high fence thing. That was something I had been conflicted on Yeah. for a long time. I was always like, well, that ain't really hunting. Like, that was kind of how I saw it. And you, you challenged me on that, and uh, you brought up something, and it's made me think about it even in other cases. Some people you get some people still get really bent out of shape if they see a guy kill a young deer. Right. And the guy, you'll see it. It's, it never fails. I'm in some hunting forums. I'm in less because I slowly keep getting out of them because right. they all end up sucking. But uh, the guy will share a picture of a young buck. He'll be holding it. He's super happy. Man, check out this buck that I got. My first buck or something. Like, right, right. Maybe not even my first buck. And he's like, man, look at this deer I got. It's going to be feed my family. And it'll be a young buck. And it never fails. Somebody's going to comment and say, why did you shoot that deer? You know, that deer is a young buck. You should have let him walk. This person won. They did not pay for that person's tag. Mm-hmm. They didn't pay for his license. They didn't do any, like, they don't know the guy's situation. That guy might have two days that he can hunt. Correct. He might have like he might work a factory job where he works freaking seven days a week and he's got like three hours to go hunt. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, I just want to pack this in there. I want to try to get my family some of this deer meat or whatever. That guy's gonna shoot the first thing he sees. Right. And I don't fault the guy in any sure. way. Like that's kind of the same way with high fence, man. In all honesty, there if a guy can afford it, he's going ethically taking an animal following the legal. law legal yep who am i to say that what he's doing is wrong 100 percent. like in that and with the elitism we've talked about yeah it's like it's a preference it's a preference of how you like to hunt yep that's what it comes down to the guys that live and breathe it i consider myself a guy that 
lives and breathes whitetail hunting. Like, mm-hmm. I love it. Like I said, year-round thing for me. I cannot expect everyone else to have that same level of dedication to it that I do. Yeah, but let me uh, let me pose this since we, we talked about high fence on your property. And I'll pose something. So I was on a property in West Texas. It's 2,500 acres. It's high fence. Yeah. I probably saw 60, 60, 150 to 190 class deer. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> but not the not the crazy jazzy like you can tell crazy genetics. Yeah. Just high, tight, wide, eight tens, typical eights, typical tens, typical twelves. Yeah. Okay. This guy says that when they're hunting, sometimes a deer pops out and they're like, I've never seen that deer. Really? On a high fence? On a high fence, twenty five hundred acres. Okay. Now, to me, I look at that and I say, okay, well, let me transport myself to, let's just use you as an example. Logan Hanks Farm, back here on the back 20, back 40, you've got a, a blind. Yeah. Right, a box blind. Yeah. You're going to walk up into and you're going to sit in. We're going to do the same thing on the 2,500 acres. Right? You cannot, you can't bait here. You can't put any, but you've got no, a food yeah. plot. Yeah. Right? This place has a food plot. It may have a deer feeder too, because it's Texas. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah. Okay? But it's legal. It's legal. Yeah. Here, you're going to see 10 does, maybe two bucks. Yeah. Okay? There, you're going to see 10 does, and you're going to see 10 bucks. And those 10 bucks are going to range from 120s to 220s. Yeah, my finger would be, be struggling on that trigger. <laughs> the issue, though, to someone... Is that that those deer are constrained, quote unquote? They can't go anywhere, even though it's twenty five hundred acres. Yeah, um, and so to me, it, I struggle because yes, they are constrained, but you're still not guaranteed them to come there. Yes, you've got a feeder. Yeah, just across the border in Mississippi, you can have a feeder too. Yeah, right on a low fence. Maybe that should have been the better example. Right? We went across the border. We went yeah. in Mississippi. You can put corn down. So everything's the same. Yeah. Except you've got this idea of constraining an animal so that, to your point, it can reach its fullest maturity. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I don't know. It It all still... It still goes by the same thing. And this is something... And I've evolved on this. Two years ago, I would say that that's wrong. I would have said that probably why two years would, ago. Two years ago, why would you have said that it was wrong? One, I had never challenged my thoughts on that. Okay. Like, I, I would have not challenged my thoughts on it. And then, like I said, you pressed me even more on it when we had when I had you on mm-hmm. my podcast. And that was kind of, because I had thought about it, like I said, probably a couple of years ago, because I think I had a buddy of mine that went, he killed like a 170-inch whitetail buck. And it was kind of a thing. I think they basically drove him out, put him in a stand, and a little while later, a buck came out, and I'm like, well, that ain't, shit, that ain't hunting. And, uh, and I mean, would it be something that would fire me up? Probably not. Like, that would probably not excite me, because I enjoy the aspect of doing, like, the recon of, right, 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 of right. trying to find these bucks. Right, right. And then kind of all the pieces coming together. Like, it's a cumulative thing for me. Um, so, But what would have been the difference 
again, let's go back to your scenario here. You step out into the stand. You get in your stand. Two hours later, a 170 class deer walks out you've never seen before. Yeah. And you shoot it. I, there, I don't see a difference. I don't see a difference in that. But like I said. So the only I difference to, to challenge my thought process, the only difference would be that that 170 deer. Was constrained to that area. Your deer, this 170 here in Tennessee, would yeah. have been free roaming. Whatever you want to, in in whatever acreage its home range would have been. But what that, is the home range? Well, it depends, right? Science shows that you've got two different <clears throat> style bucks. You've got homebody bucks. They call them homebody bucks. Yeah. And you've got free ranges. And your free ranges typically range... It could be 600 acres, 800 acres, 1,200 acres. Yeah. Right? I was thinking that it was less than 2,500. Yeah. Correct. <clears throat> but then you've got other home bodies that are like 200, 300, 400 acre bucks that never yeah. leave 200, 300, 400 acres in their lives. Yeah. I don't think he, he, le- he probably, the Cryptorchid buck probably. What do you think his home range was? Uh, probably about 500 acres. That's what I'd say. He was probably roaming around 500 acres. So I don't see, again, like I said, I used to would have, it used to would have bothered me, but I had never thought about it really much more besides just saying, well, I don't like that. You know what I mean? Like that's not, it wasn't something that I would particularly want to do, which it's easy to say. Nobody's calling offering me to go shoot a 220 inch buck either. Right. (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) um, like, uh, but it's it's all relative in my opinion like it's i just you know in this day and age uh, everybody sees the big uh the big public land bow hunter mm-hmm. and that's like the public land bow hunter man that's what you got to be and i know some guys older men that have never touched a bow and they've hunted all their lives. They've hunted probably private land all their lives. Mm-hmm. Only rifle hunt, and I would put them against any of these like elite public land bow hunters to go and find a mature buck and kill it. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess by that I mean like they're just because a guy hunts with a bow on public land does not make him a better hunter. They're private land with a rifle. I don't care if you use like I said when we were eating a rifle. A shotgun with a slug. Uh, I don't care if you're a barbarian and you use a spear. Like, uh, if it's mm-hmm. legal and you're doing it, there's always somebody badder out there. It's right. kind of the way I look at it. Right. Like, I'm, I've never have considered myself, like, a great hunter. I just consider myself a very blessed hunter. Mm-hmm. For one, be able to hunt the bucks that I have been able to. And it's a lot like fishing. And I guess, like, duck hunting, any of those things. I always tell people... Um, if they're like, man, how do you, how do I kill big bucks? And like the number one thing to killing a big buck to me, just like fishing, if you want to catch big bass, you have to go somewhere where there's big bass. <laughs> and I've gone like, just because you have a hundred acres does not mean there's going to be like a 170 walking around on it. <laughs> and even if I let a deer walk for two years, he still may not have the genes to get to that. <laughs> so you got to go where they are, but. I don't know, man. It's all just, we're just so divided on everything. 
and there's enough people already attacking hunting. I mean, what is it, like 90% of the population doesn't hunt or right, something? Like 80%, yeah. Yeah, like it's a huge... No, actually 90%, you're right. I'm going to say it's way outnumbered yeah. against us. Yeah, so yeah. why in the world would we be creating further division to kind of break us up when instead, if we all came together, man, what a I feel like what a force for hunting mm-hmm. we could be. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's go shoot some guns. I know that uh, we've certainly deep-dived enough uh, for the... That was fun, man. Close to an hour hey, that we've been going. hold on. Before, I got mm. a question for you. Oh, man. I don't do questions back to me. Um, I got one for you. Okay. I've, I've listened to yours, and mm-hmm. uh, so now I want to ask you. Right. What is a hunter? What is a hunter? Yeah. Hmm. To me, a hunter is someone who, I could answer it so many different ways, but I'll just answer it very simply. I think a hunter is someone who chooses to pursue wildlife with the intent to take that wildlife when they see it. A hunter is someone who chooses to chase wildlife with the intent Actually, let me be a little bit more PC. With a hunter is someone who chooses to take wild to pursue wildlife with the intent to kill it. Yeah. How's that? I like it, man. Cut and dry. You didn't give me the law of your answer. I'm, I like it. What's your definition of a hunter? <sighs> man, I would agree uh, because it's, you know, it's too hard to say. Well, a hunter targets mature animals because for me, that's what I do. But that's not what a a hunter to me is somebody that pursues wildlife legally and ethically because mm-hmm. I, I would go that far because in my mind, and I have a pretty hard look at poaching, one coming from farming, we deal with it every year. Mm-hmm. Trespassing and poaching is one of the most infuriating things we face. Um, so to me, it's legally and ethically taking an animal pursuing taking an animal because to me the guy that does it illegally he's not a hunter right because that's if you're not willing to follow the same laws and guidelines as the other guys and you're still you're killing and doing these things um we got an unfair advantage Mm -hmm. in my mind Mm -hmm. so i would say a hunter is somebody that legally and ethically pursues the animal to give it the quickest possible death i like it i like those uh, additions uh, to what i described thanks logan man i appreciate you having me on well that's it for today i appreciate you listening as always leave a review share it with your friends and most importantly do what's right to convey the truth around hunting